The epistle for this 21st Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Brethren, be strengthened in the Lord and in the might of his power. Put you on the armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the deceits of the devil. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the world of this darkness, against the spirits of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day and to stand in all things perfect. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of justice and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and all things taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the most wicked one and take unto you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the 18th chapter of the gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus spoke to his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who would take an account of his servants. And when he had begun to take the account, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. And as he had not wherewith to pay it, his Lord commanded that he should be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. But that servant falling down besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And the Lord of the servant, being moved with pity, let him go and forgave him the debt. But when the servant was gone out, he found one of his fellow servants that owed him a hundred pence. And laying hold of him, he throttled him, saying, Pay what thou owest. And his fellow servant falling down besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he paid the debt. Now his fellow servants, seeing what was done, was very much grieved. And they came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord called him and said to him, Thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the debt, because thou besoughtest me. Shouldest not thou have had compassion also on thy fellow servant, even as I had compassion on thee? But his Lord, being angry, delivered him to the torturers until he paid all the debt. So also shall my heavenly Father do to you if you do not forgive everyone his brother from your hearts. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear faithful, I mentioned during the Marian mission that it is the will of God that pretty much everything in the universe, in the created world, is meant to play some role in our salvation or damnation. That includes the inanimate stars and galaxies which are meant to speak to us of the glory of God. That includes the plants and the animals on this earth which again are are meant to manifest the, the greatness of God. And it also includes those immaterial creatures, the highest creatures that God has made, the angels. It's a matter of our faith, a doctrine of our faith, that that there are creatures above us that are purely spiritual, the angels, and that there are good angels and bad angels, that they too have some influence on us in our life for the good or for the bad and as a result will affect 
the eternal outcome of our life. And sometimes I fear that we, we tend to neglect the good angels. We're so fixated on the devil and the bad angels that, that we might not focus sufficiently on the good angels. And this may be for, for two reasons. Um, one, one is that the fact that our faith is so rich and there's so many devotions available in our faith that, that we can easily um, be overwhelmed by all the devotions and, and the, the, the things to focus on in our Catholic life such that we end up neglecting the good angels. The devotion is like St. Michael the Archangel or our guardian angel. And then secondly, we, we can tend, especially in our 21st century world as traditional Catholics, to become too focused on e- the evils that exist in the world, to, to be overwhelmed by the amount of evil in the world and have the impression that, that somehow the devil is more powerful than the good angels. Um, and and we're, we're, we're spending all of our energy um, sort of pushing away, trying to push away the devil or, or worry about the devil when really we should be more focused on the good angels than on the bad angels. So today I would just like to talk a little bit about what the angels are and also to try to increase your faith in the power of the good angels so that you have more devotion to them than you have fear of the devil. And it's a good time to do this because the church, because she wants to remind us about the angels periodically, um, she has it that there are several feasts concerning the angels at this time. So on September the 29th, we had the Feast of St. Michael the Archangel. On October the 2nd, we had the Feast of the Guardian Angels. And then next Sunday will be the Feast of St. Raphael, one of the, one of the archangels. So what are the angels? As I mentioned, they are pure spirits. And what that means is they do not have a material body. They have um, a mind, but they have no body. They're 100% spiritual and 0% material. And it's hard for us to, to think about that because of the fact that we can't use our imagination. When you, you, you try to form an image of a, of a spiritual being, whatever image you form is going to be wrong. I mean, we do the best we can. We, we can't but help make an image of an angel. But if an angel doesn't have a body, there is no image of an angel. But let us try to just think about what it would be like to be a purely spiritual being. If, if you had a mind, but you had a no body, well, for, for one thing, um, you would not have to sleep. We sleep in order to refresh our body. If you don't have a body, you don't have to sleep. So the angels are active 24-7 because they don't have to sleep. Also, if you didn't have a body, you would never get sick. We get sick because there's something wrong with our body. So the angels, because they never get sick, they never take a day off. They're active 24-7. And they never take a day off. They never take a holiday. Then, if you had no body and you were just a mind, then you would only be thinking and willing. And because you wouldn't have to take care of your material side, you would be a lot better 
at those activities. As it stands, I mean, we think and, and we, we choose things, but we don't do it nearly as effectively as the angels do because they are not weighed down or influenced in their thinking and willing by their body. So, so the angels are much better at thinking and choosing and much more fixed in their thinking and choosing. They're, they're clearer in their thinking and they're more f- determinate in their choices than we are as human beings. And I think from those reflections, we see that the angels are really more excellent beings than we are. They are more powerful beings. They are higher beings than we are. Um, they have more capabilities than we do because they don't have this material side. We are created in the image of God in that we have this immortal soul, but we're also part of the animal kingdom on the side of our body. That's the way in which we're not created in the image of God. But angels are only created in the image of God. That's, that's the, the totality of their being is that image of God. So St. Paul points out in today's epistle the fact that angels have no bodies. He says that our wrestling, our struggling in this world is not against flesh and blood. It's not against beings that have bodies. It's against beings that have no bodies. That's our, our primary struggle is, he says, against principalities and powers, two of the choirs of angels, against the spirits of wickedness in high places. So St. Paul mentions two, as I just said, two of those choirs of angels. Um, again, we, we believe that there are nine choirs of angels. And I think that the fact that we call them choirs indicates that, that the church is more focused on the good angels than the bad angels. It's, it's kind of a, uh, it may sound funny to speak of choirs of angels, sort of rank angels into nine different rankings and call the rankings choirs, um, because, yeah, you, you, you would not generally rank, uh, things and use that sort of categorical language. Of choirs, but the fact is that the Scripture names these nine different rankings in various books, and also talks about the angels as singing. And perhaps that's why they're called choirs. There's just different nine different levels of of singers in heaven. These these nine different rankings of of angels. Um, and it's kind of funny to think of the angels as singing because you know you, you, you sing because you've got vocal cords that belong to your body. And if you, if you didn't have a body, well, I mean, you wouldn't have vocal cords. So the angels don't have vocal cords. So it's very mysterious to speak of the angels singing. We do know that the angels have more power over matter than we do. Um, they're, they're able to manipulate matter in a more powerful way than we are. So, Maybe scripture speaking about the angels singing is, is, um, referring to the angels' capacity to make matter produce a sound similar to the human voice. I don't know. This is, this is purely Father Robinson speculating. Um, but we take the, the language of scripture as it is in, in the book of the apocalypse. The angels are spoken of, of singing. You know that, that in the, the, on Christmas Day, all these angels appeared, um, praising God and, um, beside the shepherds. 
So those, there are, there are nine choirs of angels, nine rankings of angels, and really they're, they're ranked according to the intelligence that God has given them. The higher the ranking of the angel, the more intelligent that angel is, the, the more ideas that God has poured into the angel when he created it. So you have the highest is the seraphim, then you have the cherubim, the thrones, the dominions, the virtues, the powers and principalities mentioned by St. Paul today, and the archangels and angels. And so there were, there were angels from each one of these choirs who turned away from God when they had their test before they went to heaven. And there were angels from each of these choirs who remained faithful to God when they had their test. And we, we traditionally believe that it was just one-third of the angels that rejected God and were thrown into hell. And two-thirds of them remained faithful. And that already should tell us that the good angels are more powerful than the bad angels. There's more important than the bad angels because there's twice as many good angels as bad angels. But there's another reason for us to, to have more confidence in the good angels than we have fear of the bad angels. And this is the fact that we find the good angels all throughout Scripture. From the book of Genesis to the book of the Apocalypse, almost every book, you find mention of angels. And the predominant mentioning of angels is the good angels and not the devils. It's, it's really even hard to find mention of the devil in the Old Testament I just want to give you some some of the stories, just just to go. I mean, I, I can't go through all of the, all the stories; it would take way too long. But just to go through some of these stories about what the angels do, um, as, as indicated by Scripture, the, the the angels protecting us, the angels being the messengers of God to to bring us some word from God, um, and the angels fighting for us. There's a story of Abraham where the angels, three angels, came to him to tell him that his wife would have a son, Isaac, and also to tell him that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then later on in his life, when when um, Abraham was obeying the command of God to sacrifice his son, right as he was getting ready to sacrifice his son, an angel came and stopped him, prevented him from killing his son Isaac. When the Israelites were fleeing from Egypt and then they were going through the desert for 40 years, there was always an angel with them. Sometimes the angel would be behind the camp asking them to go forward. Sometimes the angel would be in front of the camp. Um, and in that, that epic scene when the Israelites are fleeing from the Egyptians and the Egyptians are catching up to them, in the night the, there's an angel that, that stands between the two camps, between the Egyptian camp and the Israelite camp. You might remember the story of the prophet Balaam who was hired by the king of the Midianites to prophesy against the, the Israelites. And he was riding on his donkey and his donkey would not go. He would stop and it wouldn't go forward anymore. And he started beating his donkey. Um, and his, his donkey eventually started speaking to him, rebuking him, um, indicating there was this angel that was standing in the way, and then, they, and then the angel himself addressed Balaam and told him not to curse the Israelites. 
There was an angel that appeared to the mother of Samson, uh, telling him that, that she would have a son who would be powerful before the Lord, um, and that he was to live the life of a Nazarite, this specific way of life that belonged to holy men of the Old Testament. There was an angel appeared to Elias when he was fleeing for Jezebel, that horrible woman Jezebel who fostered the, the pagan uh, priests. He was fleeing from Jezebel, and the angel appeared to Elias to encourage him and gave him some food, and he then was able to survive on that one meal for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights after that and survived. The book of Tobias is very beautiful. It speaks all about the angel Raphael assisting Tobias um, to cure his father from the uh, blindness and also to bind the, the devil Asmodeus in the desert and keep him from, from causing the problems he was causing and also to marry his wife Sarah. So as they say, I mean, I, I mean, I could keep going and going and going. And if, if I did, we would be here until the last judgment um, when our Lord says that he will come with all of his angels in, in order to, to judge us. Um, but perhaps you're saying, well, you know, I mean, that's, that's biblical times. That was, that was a long time ago. I mean, what, what about now? I mean, this is, this is the 21st century. You know the world's very secularized. And perhaps the, the angels are, the good angels are, are cringing in fear these days and they're, they're no longer present because the devil is so powerful. I mean, he is the prince of this world. Doesn't St. Paul call him um, the, the prince of, of, of the realm of this darkness in the epistle today? Well, I just wanted to mention um, this, the, the life of St. Padre Pio, who, from a very young age, was given the ability to see his guardian angel. And Father McManus spoke to the Eucharist Crusaders about this earlier in the week. But he, he had these visions of, the guardian, of his guardian angel, and he just thought that everybody saw their guardian angels. But, but one thing that, that Padre Pio did is that he would send his guardian angel to give a message, just as, as God sends the guardian angels to, or, or the angels to give messages to us, so Padre Pio would do that for his own guardian angels. And he would receive messages from the guardian angels of others. He would encourage people. That he said to them, if you need me for anything, send your guardian angel to me and, and have him bring me a, a message. And there was one time when this friar came in to talk to Padre Pio. And, and Padre Pio was just, he couldn't get his attention. And, and Padre Pio said, look, I'm, 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 receiving some messages from some guardian angels and it's urgent that I send the messages back so you know please just just uh, give me a few minutes here while while I I get these messages back to my spiritual children the uh the guardian angel of, of Padre Pio even did translation work for him he could he could understand any language because his guardian angel would would translate the words for him and, of course, the, his guardian angel helped him do battle with the devils, his epic battles with the devils. You know that, that we believe that there are many angels that are present at each Mass, that, that the angels somehow come down and they want to join in this worship that is taking place on earth that is like the worship going on in heaven. And we, we have to have that belief that, 
that in this room right now, there are so many angels that are present, and they join with us, good angels joining with us in this special worship. So my dear faithful, we have to have this belief in the good angels and have confidence that the good angels um, are there for our protection, for our support, and, and to call upon them and, and to ask ourselves, who do we really believe is stronger, St. Michael or Lucifer? Who is more powerful, especially since St. Michael has God on his side and Lucifer does not? And didn't St. Michael win the battle that took place where he was the one who drove Lucifer out of heaven? And what about Our Lady? Who is more powerful, Our Lady or the devil? Isn't she just a humble woman and yet she crushes the head of the devil. We must certainly have confidence in the queen of angels that she will protect us against the devil, not to be excessively worried about the power of the devil. It is true, we face off against angelic powers in this life. Our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. This is not an even match. You are no match for an angelic power. They are so much higher more intelligent, more capable than we are. But you have to exercise your faith and do that wrestling by calling upon the angels on a regular basis. If you call upon them, you will be wearing that armor that St. Paul speaks about today. The, 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 you will have the helmet, you will have the breastplate, you will have the shield. You will be able to reject the devil on every occasion because you will have so many of these angelic powers on your side. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.